0: The Quest presents an encore presentation of Heaven's Light with Father Jim Blunt. Hello friends, you're listening to Heaven's Light on your Atlanta Catholic Radio Station, AM 1160 The Quest. I'm Annie Porter and I'm joined in studio by Steph Ike, Father Jim Blunt and Father Tony Blunt today and they're here in studio with us and we're so excited for them to be with us today and to be with all of you. And this hour, we're going to be talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, as well as a few other topics. But first, we know all good things start in prayer. So, Father Tony, would you like to lead us in a prayer?
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks for your love for us, which is so amazing, um, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to pour out your blessing upon all those who are listening to this broadcast today. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon all those who are listening, Heavenly Father, and fill our hearts, all of our hearts, with your love, your joy, your presence, and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, bless the Mother, we ask your prayers for us today also, as we say. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
2: Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy
0: flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen.
3: Uh, thank you, Father. Father, this is Steph, and we are so excited to have the two brothers here today. This is awesome. We have a lot of listeners who have been uh, very... Um, affectionate fans and big (laughs) fans of Father Jim Blunt. And so you're in for a big treat today to have Father Tony Blunt as well today. So this is wonderful. And we're going to talk about uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, as Annie mentioned. And from my understanding, this is a, a devotion that's Uh, centuries old. Can you talk to us, Father Tony, a little bit about this devotion and why it's important for us to practice a devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus?
1: Yes, Steph. This devotion, well, it's been in the church forever, one could say, because you can go back to the writings of St. Bonaventure, for example, in Mm -hmm. particular, about the love of Jesus Christ, especially when his heart was pierced by a lance on the cross. And blood and water came forth mm. and so the devotion really goes back to that moment actually mm. when our lord's heart was pierced by a lance so it's been referred to in various ways but the one saint who made it very uh who focused on it more was saint john eudes about 400 years ago he began to teach more specifically on the sacred heart of jesus and the immaculate heart of mary and then something happened in france i guess father jim was a 17th century with saint margaret mary alacoque at the visitation convent in france this beautiful nun everyone's heard about saint margaret mary the lord appeared to her um, showing her his sacred heart it's amazing how god does this how things develop over the centuries in the church are directed by god himself Mm -hmm. he revealed this beautiful the love of his sacred heart to the world through this beautiful nun and this was very important, because at that time in France, there was a problem you could call it maybe a, a heresy, perhaps I'm not sure the right word for it, but it's called Jansenism. Hmm. It was a great difficulty in the church in France. It spread to Ireland. But it, in, in Jansenism, it kind of the, the focus was on God's distance from us. They were not worthy of Him. In fact, because of Jansenism, people stopped receiving Holy Communion, hmm. because they, never, they didn't feel they were worthy. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes to go to confession. So it was really a problem. Mm-hmm. So when our Lord appeared to St. Margaret Mary, clearly showing her his heart, it was quite a sh- a difference from Jansenism, revealing the love of his sacred heart for each one of us. And, of course, he made extraordinary promises to her, especially about the nine first Fridays, which I think most people have probably heard about.
3: Mm-hmm. But we can talk
1: about it some more, though. It is amazing. Yeah. Our Lord promised—how did he put it, Father Jim— To give all the graces necessary for salvation? or Yes, and to priests, that any priest
2: who is devoted to the sacred heart of Jesus, he would give us the grace uh, through our preaching and our ministry to reach, he said, the most hardened of sinners for their Mm -hmm. conversion. Mm
1: -hmm. I think there's actually 12 promises that the sacred heart made to St. Margaret Mary that are collected from her works, what he revealed to her. Like, for instance, any home where his sacred heart, a picture of his sacred heart is uh, is, is, is posted, you could say, or put there, and maybe even dedicated to that picture, any place where your sacred heart is ex, is exposed, there will be blessings upon that family and upon that house and then he said something very beautiful the saying Margaret Mary to me. He said this: uh, tepid souls will become fervent, so in other words, those who don 't care too much about God will become fervent lovers of God, but fervent souls will rise quickly to perfection. Ah. Through this devotion to my Sacred Heart, a very important devotion Steph, in the Church, and the one who confirmed this especially was Pope Pius the Twelfth, who was Venerable mm-hmm. Pope Pius the Twelfth. He wrote an important letter called Horietes Aquas, which means uh, rivers like living water flowing. Hmm? Mm -hmm. having to do with again that image that moment when our lord's heart was pierced by a lance and and blood and water poured forth from his heart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he wrote this very important letter saying devotion to the sacred heart is for everyone Mm -hmm. because before that time it actually wasn't considered that way there was actually one group of priests only basically who proclaimed this devotion the jesuits so people thought of it as not being for everyone just a few and when the holy father wrote this letter he said, no, this is for everyone needs this devotion. It brings us so close to God and so quickly. Mm. Beautiful.
3: I can see where a lot of our listeners are thinking, okay, if I don't have um, a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in my home, that needs to be a priority for me right now. I know I, I have one. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm so glad. Too. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Everyone <laughs> should
1: have an image of the Sacred Heart what's the word enthroned that's the word they yes enthroned is what they say because that's actually a little ceremony that a priest can can do um Mm -hmm. putting the picture of the sacred heart in your home Mm -hmm. and sometimes the two hearts sacred Mm -hmm. heart Mm -hmm. heart Mary, but wherever his heart is is um, exposed you could say or but the family is going to be blessed by his love
3: Mm. Mm. beautiful
2: i see it as like double or triple important now for our time Mm -hmm. it's very ironic that we're getting, again, further and further away, not only from Jesus, but from God. And so we need a Jesus who's not just intellectual.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We, we need the truth, the doctrines and the dogmas of the Holy Catholic Church. We need them. But if there's not love also, if that truth is not clothed with the flesh of love, then it becomes something dry and formidable and mm-hmm. sometimes even frightening and off-putting. So the devotion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which by the way, in our time, has been upgraded, you might say, by the Divine Mercy devotion. And the bishops tell us that Divine Mercy is really the Sacred Heart of Jesus, maybe, to, maybe for our time. Mm-hmm. So they're really the same devotion, and perhaps at a slightly higher level. But we need this love from Jesus. One of the problems is that our people don't realize that Jesus brings to us the God of love. There was a, a young rock singer a few years ago, a young lady, and she wrote a song that became kind of popular. Annie probably knows it. I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and the, the young singer talked about what if God took flesh and walked the earth among us? Yeah, what if God was one of us? It was incredible. Yeah. She didn't even seem to know that, that he had done that.
3: <laughs> he did it with Jesus.
2: And so I think part of the problem is that we haven't communicated that well enough. So we have to let Jesus walk the earth through us as well. Yes. And the sacred heart of Jesus, as my brother said, it allows us, those who are tepid, to become fervent, but those who are fervent to become perfect, you might say. Mm. Extremely important, and efficacious, but it brings to mind what Cardinal Newman said, St. Newman, that it's heart speaking to heart. The Catholic, What is the Catholic faith? It's the heart of God speaking to the heart of man through Jesus, mm. through his sacred heart. We need this. Mm -hmm. I would add one more thing to what my good brother said is, I see that devotion uh, having a patron saint in John the Evangelist. Mm. St. John the Evangelist was there when the blood and water flowed forth from the heart of Jesus. And he was standing next to, and I would say under the mantle of the Virgin Mary. And so if you want to know more about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, what you could do is start praying to St. John. It's not um, without coincidence, you might say, uh, that Jesus, uh, at the Last Supper with the 12 apostles, one of them was sitting next to him. That was John. Mm -hmm. And the sacred scripture says that John put his head on the chest of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And some of us believe he was listening for his heartbeat. He was listening for the heartbeat of the sacred heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So this really is the devotion, you might say, of St. John the Evangelist brought forward in time to us now so we can hear the heart of Jesus too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think one of the popes said, it's a summary of the gospel, the sacred heart devotion. Really mm-hmm. a summary as far as God's love for you and I revealed through his son. Mm-hmm. There it is.
2: Mm-hmm. So the word because my mind, dry, do very careful of having a dry Christianity or a dry Catholicism mm-hmm. or what some of the kids used to say, a head trip. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be just a head trip. It should be a heart trip as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the sacred heart of Jesus and the divine mercy uh, bring that to the fore. Mm-hmm. That this beautiful Jesus, he loves me. He's not just there, and he's not way out in the universe watching us from afar. That's called deism. Mm -hmm. But rather, he's very close. One preacher put it this way, Jesus is the distant God brought close. Mm -hmm. Like a new title for Jesus. He's the distant God brought close. I like that. And the Sacred Heart really captures that.
3: So, uh, prayers to St. John the Evangelist would be a recommendation. The Divine Mercy Chaplet. Any other, suge- having the picture to always be able to look at in your home. What other suggestions might you have for ways for us to practice this devotion? Do you ha- or you think of anything else that comes yes. to your mind?
2: Let me jump in one and let Father Tony speak then. But just, we have to mention the Eucharist. Yeah. I think that every single approved Eucharistic miracle that's been tested scientifically has shown itself to be heart tissue. Every single Eucharist that has been permitted to be tested scientifically, and by the way, not usually by Catholic scientists, but often by even by atheist scientists, who are usually converted, by the way, it turns <laughs> out to be the heart tissue of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you want to be in the presence of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, just start making holy hours. It's good, really, to make one. It's actually better two holy hours a week in our time, two minimum. But then you're in the physical presence of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Devotion to the Eucharist is devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus.
1: (laughs) No doubt. Mm -hmm. Well, also, there's the consecration of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which I think is good to make. Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful prayer in the... um, If you get the... uh, There's a copy of the Roman Missal that you can have in your home, in other words, one you you carry around with you by Scepter Press. In that book, though, in the back, there's a prayer of of St. Margaret Mary herself uh, to the Sacred Heart. It's really beautiful. So a consecration to the Sacred Heart, you can look it up on the internet, of course. But also, I think it's good to sometimes say the litany of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think it was actually the first, I'm not positive, it might have been the first litany ever really approved. Mm. It's very beautiful. Uh, So I think one should consider saying the litany now and then. It's very powerful, beautiful prayer. Yeah, very
2: be great during
3: your holy hour too, right? Mm -hmm. Uh
2: And a family can do it easily as well. Uh See, it's Ah. simple but powerful. I mentioned one other tiny little, it's a childlike idea, but we learned this really from Catholic devotions in general through the centuries. The more you give away, the more you have. And I would recommend that every listener uh, post-haste go ahead and get some images of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and start passing them out,
1: Mm.
2: even little ones, and pass them out at the Walmart if you want to. Mm -hmm. But pass them out everywhere, because I find that the more of Jesus I give away, he gives me double. Uh So if you want your Sacred Heart devotion to increase, start passing it around, yours will double and triple right away. Uh It's a very good way to help others and to increase your own
3: devotion. Well, Father Tony, you mentioned uh, the word enthronement. How do the two of you feel about having your homes enthroned to the sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary?
0: They're looking at each other. Just everybody listening. <laughs> they're smiling. They're, they're debating on who yeah, <laughs> going
3: to take it. <laughs> who's going
2: to take it? I'm not quite sure how to answer because it, I mean, it's so beautiful. I mean, to not do it would be a little bit goofy not to do it. And I think we should consecrate <laughs> all of our homes to the heart of Jesus and the heart of Mary. And nowadays, you know, they're printing up the enthronement with both images, Uh the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And and the priest usually signs it on the bottom. So I would say that it's the wisest thing to do, Mm -hmm. especially in our day and age. We really don't know what's going to happen by December. We don't know. But if we're living in the Ark of the New and Everlasting Covenant, that's the Heart of Mary, and there reigns supreme the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. We're going to be fine. I think it's a very wise and prudent thing to do. Mm-hmm. If for some reason you can't find a priest, get a deacon. A deacon can do it as well. That's right. Find someone to enthrone your house in these two magnificent hearts.
1: Mm. And there are probably even prayers that a layperson can say. You can probably look just in case, in case just you're in case. really stuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can't find an ordained minister, don't worry. God's going to bless you anyway. Amen. I don't think you stop doing that. Right. Yeah. So have the picture in your house. There are prayers you can say of enthronement that the head of a family can say. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you can find a priest, wonderful. I do this in Detroit, where I live right now. This Missionaries of Charity sisters invite me over to do these enthronements (laughs) sometimes. Uh But if you can't find a priest, don't worry. Just put the picture there. And um, don't worry. There are prayers you can say.
3: Okay. Okay, great. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So we have been talking about the Sacred Heart devotion. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking a a good bit about the Holy Spirit. And I know that we could probably talk for a year every week about the Holy Spirit. Uh, But, you know, as Catholics, we're kind of comfortable having a a prayer life with our Lord and with the Blessed Mother. But many of us, and certainly saints, our favorite saints and and patron saints, but many of us don't really kind of know where to begin in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So how would you address this?
2: Well, he's sometimes called, you know, the, the hidden member of the Holy Trinity. Yes. Because it's it's easy to visualize the father and even the son. Most of us have daddies and brothers and mm-hmm. sons or nephews. But how do you visualize the Holy Spirit? Mm. But we did talk about this a week or two ago, how St. Maximilian Colby gave us an amazing clue when he said that if the Holy Spirit were to become incarnate, and he never did like as the Word did. The Word became Jesus. He took human flesh, the second person of the Trinity. If the third person of the Trinity w- were to have taken human flesh, he would look just like Mary. That's what oh, he would look like. Yeah. That Mary is the perfect, you might say, human reflection of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so the word comforter comes to mind, that they both are comforters and consolers. Mm -hmm. So where to begin? I would ask Our Lady and say, Holy Mother Mary, you love the Holy Spirit, you were filled with the Holy Spirit, and you reflected Him perfectly. Show me, too, how to love Him and how to reflect Him. Bring that same Holy Spirit to me. Mm -hmm. I would even pray a whole rosary, and maybe the Glorious Mysteries, and ask the Virgin Mary to introduce me to the Holy Spirit.
3: Ooh, I like that. But get ready because you
2: might take off like a rocket ship. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You have to get ready because she will answer that prayer. Ah. See, so that's one way I believe. And and another way is pursuant to that is to do the devotion to Mary, the consecration by St. Louis de Mm Montfort, or the newer one by Father Gately, 33 Days to Morning Glory. Mm -hmm. Because the more you enter the heart of Mary, the more you are there, you're immersed in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the third way is to use special prayers, for instance, um, the traditional prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be recreated and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Just praying that little prayer. But I'm going to say one more that might be radical for this show. <laughs> Pray for the gift of tongues. It's a ah. Catholic, charismatic, biblical, scriptural gift. Mm. The the gift of tongues is like the Holy Spirit flowing through your body. Mm-hmm. It feels like a current of living grace and actually feels and sounds like a babbling brook. It sounds like a river brook. And so to pray for the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit or to go to a place like a charismatic prayer meeting, you will begin to encounter the Holy Spirit and his manifestations in the various wonderful gifts. Mm-hmm.
1: See. Mm-hmm. What do you say, it? Uh, I say prayers. Yeah, we should we should pray and talk with the Holy Spirit. And there's a famous book by a it was a book by a Dominican priest called "The Unknown God," oh. uh, based on what Saint Paul said to the Athenians in the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, the unknown God meaning the Holy Spirit. So we should talk with the Holy Spirit because we don't talk with him. He's kind of you know we, we he's a friend. He really cares about us, and there he is. Now there are certain prayers we should we can say to him. For instance, my brother prayed one of them. That's the most I'd say. That's the most uh, common one. and the most. There's also other ones like, "Come, Creator Spirit." It's a beautiful prayer. I say it every morning of my life. I just say it for us now, Anthony. Let's see. Come, Creator Spirit. Come from your bright heavenly throne. Come, take possession of our souls and make them all your own. You who are called the paraclete, best gift of God above, the living spring, the living fire, sweet unction, and true love, you who are sevenfold in your grace, finger of God's right hand, his promise, teaching little ones to speak and understand. O guide our minds with your blessed light, with love our hearts inflame, and with your strength which never decays, confirm our mortal frame. Far from us drive our hellish foe, true peace unto us bring, and through all perils guide us safe, Beneath your sacred wing, through you, may we the Father know, through you, the eternal Son, and you, the Spirit of them both, thrice blessed three in one. All glory to the Father be, and to the risen Son, the same to you, O Paraclete, while endless ages run. Amen. Amen. Oh,
3: That's amazing. So do you recall the actual name, the title of that prayer that we may want to create a link for it on our website? Or I'm trying to think I think of it's what... called
1: Calm Creator Spirit.
3: Okay, we'll look for it. Or
1: Vene creator Spiritus. Yes. Come, Creator Spirit. It's actually a hymn in Latin. Veni creator Spiritus. That one. Ah. But that's the, uh, the English poem made from that. It's a beautiful prayer to say. St. Louis de Montfort has you say that prayer as part of true devotion to Mary. You say it for a number of days as you're beginning that devotion. Yes. Because you want to begin with Him, the Holy Spirit. Yes. So, I would just say to all the listeners, invite the Holy Spirit into your life every single day. God, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Father Jim would 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 know this too. I think Saint Paul the Sixth said something like, "A Christian's are the greatest devotion for a Christian, or the first devotion for a Christian, should be to the Holy Spirit," Mm. which would make sense. Right, because he is the great gift of the new covenant, is God the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He's the great gift. So how odd that he's ignored when he's the great gift, right? Right.
2: Nothing is possible without him. One writer actually said this. He said, Jesus died on the cross to win for us the Holy Spirit. He was on to something.
1: Let's understand that, that this is the great gift of the new covenant. God the Holy Spirit dwelling within us.
3: Mm.
2: And here's something interesting that St. the XII said in that same encyclical letter about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. He said, devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus is in actuality devotion to the Holy Spirit.
3: Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Because what's in the Sacred Heart of Jesus, what animates his Sacred Heart? The Holy Spirit. He had the Spirit in its fullness. And it flows forth from his heart to this day to us. What flows forth? The Holy Spirit flows forth from the heart of Jesus. You might say through the heart of Mary, like an aqueduct, into our hearts. So the Holy Spirit is key. Without the Holy Spirit, we're dry bones.
3: Yeah, just think of what this world would be like if we all had the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of us. And yes. the world would look totally different right now, wouldn't it? Sure it sure would.
2: And that's what's coming, by the way. The great triumph is coming. Our Holy Mother at Fatima prophesied a great time of peace. And that was echoed hundreds of years before in Ecuador, in Quito, when Our Lady of Good Success said the exact same thing to Mariana Torres and many other apparitions as well approved. There's a great triumph coming where the Holy Spirit will reign in the heart of everyone. And one recent saint is Luisa Picaretta, Mm -hmm. and all 36 of her volumes of Revelation have been approved now by the Vatican with a second imprimatur from the Vatican. And they too speak of this amazing gift that's gonna come when Mary's triumph emerges and the whole world is converted, which we think is happening soon. Because what happens right before that? Darkness and violence is right before the victory, the chaos, the darkness, and the violence. Mm -hmm. Then God will come down With Our Lady, we're going to give all of us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who are faithful will receive the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's called living in the divine will. The greatest outpouring in history is coming. The Lord said it'll be something, he said, similar to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The Lord said that to this saint. Something spectacular is coming. Mm. And Our Lady's heart is the place to dwell right now because there you'll be surrounded by and filled with the Holy Spirit. We need
3: Him. Mm-hmm.
2: He is the love of God. Mm-hmm.
3: See, And He is the love between the Father and the Son, right? Didn't you tell us that in one of our previous episodes? Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about Louisa for a minute? Louisa Picaretta.
2: She's a servant of God right now, and um, she lived just on the Holy Eucharist, by the way, something like 50 years. She's basically Mm -hmm. lived on Holy Communion.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I understand that she's the only lay person in the history of the Catholic Church to have received permission from her local bishop to have the holy sacrifice of the Mass said in her bedroom every day for something like 50 years. Mm. The only time in the history of the church where a lay person has been granted the privilege of having the Mass said by a priest in their bedroom every day for year after year after year. Mm. Her spiritual director, uh, Annabel, Father Annabel, who gave the first imprimatur to the first of her writings, he's now a canonized saint. And John Paul actually had his statue placed there in the Vatican, right, with all the other great saints, which is very unusual for a brand new saint. Mm-hmm. So he's already there. Uh, Luisa was a very humble woman, and God gave her a plan. Really, we think it's the, the blueprint for the Age of Peace. Mm-hmm. And the book is actually called The Book of Heaven. That's the first part of the title. This is The Book of Heaven. So God gave to Louisa a revelation about the gifts he's been holding up for, you might say, the last days or the last era. He's holding these gifts and waiting them for us. And so these have already been approved, and I'd recommend to everyone to check them out here and there. There's a particular book that's already out in English, um, it's, it has to do with a month with the Virgin Mary, the Queen of the Divine Will. It's 30 days, uh, 31 days of meditation on Mary in the Divine Will. Mm-hmm. So Louisa was an apt instrument of the Lord, very, very humble and she lived this gift first Mm -hmm. she's like the first one after the virgin mary you might say to really live immersed fully in the holy spirit but it's a gift that's waiting for all of us and why is that because when jesus comes again he's very clear he's coming for a spotless bride the bible is very clear and another word for spotless is immaculate Mm -hmm. he's coming for an immaculate bride how can that happen how did Mary receive her immaculateness? She received it from the Holy Spirit. And so we see what the Father said is coming true now in the divine will devotion, that what Mary was in the beginning, so we shall be in the end. Mm-hmm. We shall be immaculate through the gift of the Holy Spirit.
3: See, Oh, this is incredible. This is great teaching for us today. And I think it's probably about time to go for a break. But you know what? When we come back, we... Hang with us, guys, everyone listening, because I think in the second half, we'd love to talk to you a little bit more about your personal life, growing up together, and, um, and, and talk a little bit more about the priesthood as well. So stay tuned. The Quest presents... A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. Catholic Super Bowl champ Elvis Gerbach shared with me the
1: key role discipline played in his journey. Discipline is required to form good habits, and this takes three things. First is to focus on your goal, then develop a
2: plan for how to reach that goal. Third is practice, practice, practice. Over time,
1: obedience to the practice and discipline of forming good habits leads to the freedom to just play the game and not even think about it. It's what the greats like Michael Jordan and Tom Brady did, and we can apply this same approach to faith. By focusing on our ultimate goal of heaven, developing a plan for our spiritual life, and forming habits of virtue, it becomes easier to grow in faith, make good decisions, do good, and sacrifice for others. And when we do this, we live with freedom in Christ, just like the saints did, and grow in holiness and become saints ourselves. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Catholic radio gives us an opportunity to become part of a larger family. It can be so lonely when we are struggling in our faith or just trying to live our faith on our own. But Catholic radio connects us to that larger community of faith where we're able to get the support, the encouragement, and the grace that we need to not just struggle on, but to really celebrate all the blessings that God brings into our life through our Catholic faith.
2: To donate, go to thequestatlanta.com.
3: Please join us in a parent's prayer to St. Monica. St. Monica, patron of Christian mothers, we entrust to your protection the children whose names you can read in our hearts. Pray for them that they may be granted strength to combat weakness, give them victory over temptations, guidance to resolve their doubts, and success in all their undertakings. May they enjoy health of mind and body, see beauty and worth in all created things, and serve the Lord with firm faith, joyful hope, and enduring love. Amen
0: welcome back if you're just joining us you're listening to heaven's light and we are broadcasting from the am 1160 the quest studio this hour I'm Annie Porter and I'm joined in studio by the Blunt Brothers today. Father Tony and Father Jim and Steph Ike of course is here with us again today as well. So Steph, where are we going next this hour?
3: Well, I promised everyone that we would talk a little bit about Father Jim and Tony and Father Tony's life growing up a little bit and maybe their vocation story, but something came to me while we were on break and I really wanted to ask you this question about I've been hearing more about being docile to the Holy Spirit. What does that really mean to be docile to the Holy Spirit, Father Tony? Could you take that one?
1: Okay, uh, Steph. And one one thing it means is this: we have to be open to the will of God, uh, which He uh, the, He shows to us. The loving Holy Spirit shows us. So, what what we need to do as Catholic Christians, all Christians should do this. We have to be seeking out god's will during the day, Lord, what do you want me to do? And very oftentimes people don't ask this question; they don't ask it about life and they don't ask it about their biggest decisions in life or even about the day. But I think it should be always with us. One saying to express this was Saint jose Maria Escriva He mentioned this very thing that we need to ask God rather it is it a constant thing. We ha- Lord, what do you want of me? In other words, so we, our hearts should be open to God's guidance in our life which comes through God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit really will guide us but we have to be open to that and not everyone is. Like I once asked some kids in a, a class I was teaching in Central America in Belize high school class and I asked them, how many of you have asked God, since what do you want me to do with my life? And None of them had. <clears throat> so I, I asked the, them, the girls in particular, this was a, a 12th grade class, why not? Hmm. And one girl said, I don't ask God that question because I'm afraid he'll tell me to be a nun. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was a very interesting answer. It is. So At least she a, was honest, huh? She <laughs> was very honest. We had a nice discussion about that. So I explained to them, well, what God wants for you, of course, is he wants you to be joyful. Mm-hmm. And whatever that means, it may very well, it could mean being a nun. That's a path to infinite joy for you. It could also be being a holy and wonderful married woman and a beautiful mother. Yes, God wants to lead you to that joy, that happiness. He wants to lead you there. So you're not only going to get there if you're open to his love and guidance to the Holy Spirit. But many people never ask this question. So I think we should ask it in the big things of life. But I think we should constantly be open to God, the Holy Spirit, guiding us. We should have an attitude of openness. Mm. God, guide me. You know, every day we should be asking this question, even about, we should ask it during the day. Lord, you know, we should have that op- the, the openness within to be guided by God and not by our own whims only. Mm. And it's amazing what God does when you do this, how he guides you in the most unexpected ways.
2: See. very beautiful i was thinking of the modern day devotion by don dolindo called the novena of surrender mm-hmm. and that prayer really encapsulates this beautiful attitude where you say oh jesus i surrender myself to you take care of everything to give each day to the lord it's not worth it to live for ourselves it's so stinky we want to live for Jesus, you see? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Louisa Picaretta, the servant of God, said, and Teresa of Avila said almost identical words, but they said that God told them that our self-will, man's self-will, is the cause of every and all misery in the world. All misery comes from my own will. Mm-hmm. All yeah. of it. All my sin, all my misery. And so we cling to our self-will almost like Linus clings to his dirty blanket. Our wills simply are not sufficient. Uh, there is a famous saying that says, you know, a God small enough for your intellect is not big enough for your life.
3: Can you say that again?
2: A God who's small enough for my intellect uh-huh. is not big enough for my life. It's uh-huh. same thing with my will. My will is too small. Uh-huh. I need God's will to guide my life. Only he sees before, during, and after. He sees eternity. And God's will is gold. And like my brother was trying to say, really, his will is joy. Hmm. Because when I start doing God's will, I begin to walk in the path he designed for me a million years ago. And I begin to become the person and the saint I was called to be. God only has my welfare, you know, at hand. That's what he wants for me, what is good and holy and joyful. So his will is actually life-giving. It's like a tree with delicious, succulent fruit. His will is life-giving, and within it is all the joy and is the plan for my life is there in his will. His will is so beautiful that one saint used to call his will my adorable will. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I love your adorable will. May your adorable will guide me today. And that's a very good practice for all of us to be docile to the Holy Spirit, is start calling the will of God adorable. Because then we start warming up to it, you see?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We think of his will as something like a, like a tyrant. It's anything but a tyrant. <laughs> yeah. Lucifer's a tyrant. We're tyrants. God's not a tyrant. He died for me. He's anything but a tyrant. So start calling his will the adorable will. And then we begin to love his will. And in the Holy Spirit leads me according to the will and the patterns of God.
1: Yes, there's a beautiful scripture. that's from Psalm 119, the longest Psalm in the Bible. But it one line of it is a lot of lines. But one line, that one verse says, "The will of God gives joy to the heart. We see all things in its light." And that's a good verse to keep in mind. The will of God does what? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It gives joy to the heart, and we don't seem to understand that. Like, for instance, you know, praying about who you're going to marry if someone's in that situation. It's very, and this is a critical thing to do. What does God want for me is the question. And uh, seek that out because he loves you, and he will lead you to the right person. There's no question about it. He loves you, and he's going to do so. But be open to his guidance instead of restricting his guidance. And kind of closing him out a bit. It's very uh a really important important important
2: thing to do. Add to this is is the idea that as John Paul said, we have a life project. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And so being Catholic is not just memorizing a set of doctrines. Maybe I have the whole catechism memorized, you see? Well so does the devil, by the way. It's not about memorizing doctrines. We need to know them, but Catholicism, Christianity is a life project, it is a a living relationship with the living God. It's an adventure. And I always notice this, I ask groups this around the country, I say, are you bored as a Catholic? Well, if you are, you're not following Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because when you follow the the Lord Jesus and you follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, your life is one continuous adventure.
1: Mm Yes. (laughs)
2: Hallelujah.
3: So what about discernment? You know, calling on or leaning into the Holy Spirit for discernment. Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yes. I love the gift of spiritual direction. It's part of, of my own ministry because I love souls. And I know God loves souls. And I know that every soul is made in the image and likeness of God. But they have their own unique dimensions. it's like like a topaz or you know or a pearl, gold or a diamond. each one is uniquely beautiful, mm-hmm. and we have to we need we can't actually do spiritual direction as priests without the Holy Spirit. without him, it's like a man direct- it's the blind leading the blind, mm-hmm. but with the Holy Spirit, then Jesus will move through the priest or the deacon, and how do you discern well that's a big question but we should mention this, and I'll ask Father Tony to jump in, but we want to look for the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to discern for someone their life path, or maybe that's the next decision in their life, like what job do I take? You want to look for several things. And of course, one of them is obedience to the truth. Mm -hmm. God has revealed the truth to us Really, through the Bible, through tradition, but in particular, through the magisterium of the Holy Catholic Church. We have, you can find that in the Catechism. We really know the truth. Jesus is the truth, and he's given it to us. So any inspiration or idea, first thing is, is it in conformity with the truth that has been revealed so mercifully by God? Is it in conformity or in unity with the Bible and the Holy Catechism? That's the first thing to look for. Is it truthful? Mm -hmm. If it's outside of that, there's already a problem. You see? That's the first thing to look for. Is it in conformity or unity with the holy truth revealed by God? Mm -hmm. I would also mention this we look for peace. Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. This world does not give peace. In fact, this world is giving anxiety big time to everyone. The world is spinning out of control. Peace is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens when my will is one with the will of God. When I'm united with him. When I'm in doing what he wants me to do, there's a peace, a tranquility of order that comes. Mm-hmm. So peace is the second thing to look for. Does this idea or this life plan, does it bring me peace? Or wherever I go, do I bring anxiety to my family <laughs> and my coworkers? Do I bring them anxiety or do I bring them peace? That's a good test whether I'm in the peace of God. Mm-hmm. The third one I would mention is joy forget it. If you're a sad-faced Catholic, you need to go to confession in spiritual direction because God told us through his Son, I've come that you might have joy and have it to the full. One of our saint brothers said this. He said that joy is the surest sign of the presence of God. So if the Holy Spirit is ruling within me, if I'm living in God's will, I can't help but be joyful. It has to come out, it'll burst the seams. So the presence of joy is a sign that God is in this idea. He's in this life if there's joy there, godly joy. The last one I would mention is love. That when we're in the will of God, it it creates more love. I begin to love God more and love my neighbor more. It manifests itself in charity. If I have a way of life or a decision that makes me more grumpy and more selfish, mm-hmm. it's probably not God's idea. Mm-hmm. When I start doing God's will, I become satisfied. I begin to glow with love mm-hmm. because I'm surrounded by his love, which I'm doing. You see, mm-hmm. his will is his love. Mm-hmm. We can't separate the two. God's love, because of the unicity of God, his love is his will, is his peace, is his joy. If I'm in his holy will, those, those four qualities will be present that peace and that love and that joy and that truth of God. These are very important for true discernment.
1: Mm.
2: Father Tony, what would you add to that?
1: Well, when, as my brother said, when someone is doing the will of God, there are certain fruits immediately that proceed. Love and joy and peace, these are of course the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And people don't often consider this though uh, when they're not doing the will of God, and other things start coming to the surface. In other words, you see people in relationships sometimes, even sometimes uh, young people, it could be older people, but they're relationships that clearly are not positive, because what you see, you know, I've noticed this in people, especially young people. <laughs> okay, so now he's hanging out with this girl, and how he's become selfish, mean, and I mean, doesn't he notice it? How can he not notice that what's going on here. The fruits are bad. Mm. You know, or it could be her hanging out with this guy now and you see that clearly she's not doing well. She's disrespectful to her parents, mean. Don't you see it? Mm. People don't evaluate things in the light of the Holy Spirit very well. That would be very helpful if we did, you know. Mm-hmm. It would change our actions. Mm-hmm. Very good. Perfect really. Mm-hmm. It's a
2: good way to evaluate almost anything. Is this new relationship, is this new job? Does it make me more anxious, more grumpy, more selfish, or does it make me more open, more loving, more generous? Uh-huh. We do need to evaluate these. And by the way, I would include the books that I'm reading, and the magazines, and the TV shows that I'm watching.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yes, if they make me more cold and brutal, stop it, stop it. It's not from God.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, like I know I this. I like to turn, in, turn on turn uh, turn on the news uh, now and then. Uh, But I find that I have to be careful about it because I'm careful. When I'm watching the news, I feel my anxiety increasing suddenly. And when I sense that, I know something is wrong here. I mean, maybe what they're saying is accurate, but for some reason, the way it's affecting me is not nice. And I turn it off. Uh So we do have to be attentive to these these realities. Well, you have
3: good discipline to turn it (laughs) off because sometimes it just pulls us in even more, doesn't it?
1: Right, I mean, but again, the question, you have, to, you have to weigh things here because the Lord wants us to be happy, not mm-hmm,
3: anxious. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, you know, we have to weigh that. Like, if, I, if, if watching this is going to take away from my happiness, is that really a positive thing? It can't be. Mm-hmm. So one has to consider things like that.
2: I read in a mystical revelation many years ago, a beautiful one, it's called The Poem of the Man-God. Pope Pius XII approved of this. It's an amazing book. One of the priests who promoted this book is now a saint himself. John Paul Canonized this beautiful priest. This book, The Poem of the Man God, describes the conversations of our Lord Jesus Christ with his apostles through his ministry, all of his public and private ministry. And one of the lessons our Lord gave to the apostles, really, it struck me so completely. He told the holy apostles, as soon as you're doing anything, that begins to give you anxiety, any thought, word, or action that begins to rob you of peace, he said, stop it immediately. No matter what it is, if it begins to take away your peace, stop it. Your peace, he says, is invaluable. Always keep your peace at every price. Beautiful lesson Mm -hmm. from Jesus to the apostles.
3: Boy, we all need to remember that one, especially me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I think I'm a professional worrier, so I need to remember that you said that.
2: <laughs> and always ask the Holy Mother, the Queen of Peace, to keep us you know, in within the teachings of her son. Yes. My, my little brother, he's amazing, Father Tony, but he taught me this years ago. I don't know if he remembers, but Father Tony told me this when we were teenagers. He said, the Blessed Virgin Mary is the spoonful of sugar that makes the medicine go down.
3: <laughs> uh-huh, I love it. <laughs>
2: I don't know if my brother remembers but he taught me that when we were teenagers it's so beautiful Mary uh, makes the gospel sweet uh-huh. she makes it sweet
3: and she is sweet uh. so since you talked about the stories from you know back in the past uh, we promised our listeners that we'd give them at least a little gem or two <laughs> about growing up what was it like having two priests future priests be at the dinner table I mean that's that's a pretty amazing thing. Can you take us back there? Any story or?
1: Well, um, I didn't know I was a future priest. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my idea. I get my, my main idea growing up. I had, you know, every kid has visions about the future, and certainly my guiding vision, though, for uh, for quite a while, was that I desired to be very, very wealthy, really, mm-hmm. to be a billionaire. And back uh-huh. then, when I was a kid, there weren't any billionaires. Uh-huh. There was just Howard Hughes uh-huh. and maybe somebody in Saudi Arabia. Right. But, there, was a, but was, there were very few billionaires. Right. He was the richest man that I knew of, and he was my hero. But that was my goal, was wealth and not to be a future priest. And so the Lord had to do a lot of work to change my mind about that because there's no money what where, where I'm working on right now. <laughs> so he had to change my mind about that. And uh, that was a dramatic process. So first I had to go through a real deep conversion. And then once that had, that had taken place, that was already a shock to find out that God was actually real. And that was, that was, that was the first big shock. You know. Not that there was uh, you talked about him or you heard about him, but he actually lives. That was really quite a shock to my system. But then after that, the, uh, the reality of the priesthood came up. But wait a minute,
2: Father Tony, how did you come to encounter the, the truth that God is real? How did that happen, even in a nutshell?
1: Well, um, I was about 16 years old or so, and struggling with, really I struggled with atheism to some extent, really, and it was really a, really a hard time. And part of that was because of public school. Mm. I went to public school, you know, which could sometimes be a form of child abuse, you wow. have to evaluate that, you it's know? It's true. Mm-hmm. But I went to public school and uh, it really confused me. And the philosophers who were studying, uh, who denied God's existence, etc., really made me think because my faith wasn't that grounded. Is there a God or not? Mm. And I had no one to talk to because Father Jim wasn't there at the time. He's in the monastery. <laughs> and I don't want to talk to. So. One day when I was out in the woods behind our house, we had miles of woods. This was in North Carolina. Um, I found a chapel in in these woods, a beautifully built chapel of stone. And I went inside and knelt down. I was about 16 or something like that, years years of age. And I said a prayer to God. I don't remember ever having said a prayer before that moment. I must have have said the blessing before meals, but I don't remember saying a prayer before. And I knelt down and I said, Lord, if you're real... Show me in three weeks that you are real, within three weeks. I'm not sure why I said three weeks. If you don't show me, then I cannot go on, period. And I meant it. So I said, and if, you, if, you, if you're not real, then ignore this message.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so then I went home, and uh, I woke up one day, and um, I had a bunk bed in my room, just me, I woke up one day, and somebody was in the top bunk, and I was was surprised at that because I obviously came in when I was sleeping, and it was actually my brother, Father Jim. He was just Jim back then. (laughs) So I began to ask him a lot of questions about the faith that I thought no one could answer, about God's existence and all kinds of things, and he answered them all well, and that really amazed me. Uh, but it was more than that, but but so that that amazed me that my brother could answer my questions that I thought no one could answer, and he, he did it rather easily, actually, gently but easily. so one day when I was in bed, I was on a friday night uh it must have been this, this was, uh must have been i 'm not sure how long after that prayer this was, but I, I was in my bed and and it was a Friday night about midnight. And I, I realized I was lying there in bed. I was so happy. It suddenly struck me. I said, why am I so happy? I don't remember being this happy before. Mm-hmm. And uh, all my, I wasn't at, with my friends were out, I think, at a game or something. And I wasn't there. And I thought, why am I so happy just laying here? And something happened, and that's very hard to explain. But I suddenly became aware that someone who was, who, who, uh, someone who loved me, I became aware that God was looking at me. I couldn't believe this experience, that he actually, truly was gazing at this little person lying in this bed. I couldn't believe it. And I actually couldn't breathe. I stopped breathing because I was I was utterly aware of Almighty God gazing upon this little guy in that bed, utterly aware of it. I was simply overwhelmed by this presence of goodness and love, overwhelming. From my, It was just astounding. There were no words for it, really. I couldn't breathe and that so finally after about a minute or two i finally said to myself breathe so i started breathing again i forgot about breathing so then when this finally this took a while this astounding experience i jumped out of bed grabbed my notebook and started writing things down late at night about suddenly i, I things were in my i was writing things down that i didn't know before suddenly i knew all kinds of things about god instantly i began to write them down and uh that really was uh, an amazing thing uh that's hard to forget so that was the, so that was the first time and god revealed himself in that way that he's a loving real god who touches people uh-huh. that was incredible so that was the beginning for me
3: oh my goodness that that is a good story oh wow
1: and then from there other things happened <coughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. So are we going to get part two? Or are you going to come back for another show so we can get part two?
1: Maybe. Uh, yes. Uh, maybe someday part two. Yes.
3: Yeah. Uh, okay so you've
0: kind of promised our listeners now we have to make good on that yep they're gonna have to keep reminding you (laughs) unfortunately our hour is coming to a close but we're so thankful to father jim blunt and father tony blunt for coming and joining us today for heaven's light and if you didn't get to catch the entire episode it will be available to listen to again maybe if you're already listening and you want to listen again or If you didn't get to catch the whole thing, it's going to be available online at thequestatlanta.com or on the Quest Atlanta app. So, Father Jim, since Father Tony led us in prayer, will you close us in prayer and a blessing?
2: Oh, It's my turn. It It
0: is. Your turn. turn.
2: We always play fair in the family. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, we love you. We're so grateful to you for everything. My brother and I burn for the day when every human heart will proclaim you as Lord and embrace you with love. Thank you, Jesus, for your death and your resurrection. Thank you for your Holy Mother Mary. Thank you for your sacred heart. Thank you for the Eucharist. Thank you for my beautiful brother, Father Anthony. Thanks for all you've given to him and to me and to us. Oh, Lord, what more can we do? May we love you with a perfect love. And may all of Atlanta and the human race love you with an infinite love. May Almighty God bless everyone listening now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, thank you, Father Jim. Father Tony, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Heaven's Light on your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160 The Quest. Be sure to stay tuned as the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up next.